everybody, and welcome to Friday Happy Hour, very special edition of Friday Happy Hour. I'm joined by Jenna Valente, host of the Sea Change Podcast, and Erica Sears, host of the Big Tourism Podcast, both on the American Shoreline Podcast Network. Ladies, welcome to Friday Happy Hour. Thanks for having us. Well, guys, uh, kind of a crazy time, but I thought it would be a good time to get together, have a couple drinks uh, on the Micropod Friday happy hour. Uh, But really, you know, the purpose of this show is just to get together and kind of talk about what's on our minds. And there's so much going on right now with coronavirus and all of us kind of hunkering down in our homes to uh, flatten the curve doing our part to lessen the impact of this global pandemic. Um, But we've got a great little discussion planned here today, and we're going to open it up with Erica. And Erica, I'm just so interested in hearing about what it's like out there. You're up on the Oregon coast, up in the Pacific Northwest. This whole thing kind of started in Seattle. Like, what's the vibe up there, and, and what's on your mind? Yeah, well, it has been a wild ride. Um, I feel like I I already work from home, so that hasn't really changed anything. But I feel like instead of being productive at home, I've been just sitting and watching things kind of unravel and change. And I was trying to think today, like sort of the timeline of when things started happening. I'm curious if you guys saw this like two weeks ago somebody elbow bumped me as a greeting. And I was like, what's going on here? Have either of you been elbow bumped? Oh, yeah. So it was introduced to the elbow bumps when, uh, so actually 14 days ago exactly, I got back from a trip from D.C. We were advocating for NOAA on Capitol Hill, and we noticed in all the congressional offices they started uh, they started doing the elbow bumps instead of the handshakes. Yes. Okay, so it's exactly two weeks ago today as well that I was elbow bumped, and I hated it. I did not like yeah. it. Like I entered a public meeting with one of the things where, like, you know, you're just trying to get your stuff and settle down. And this woman's like, hi, you know, I'm Roberta. And I just lean forward and she like retracts from me. Like I am the germ. I'm like, whoa. And then I was like, it could have been less there. And I would have been like, okay, I get it. Like we're not touching. That's fine. But then she just comes over and elbow bumps me. And I was like, oh, I mean, other people have been doing like a little bow or the toe touch, and that's when I was like, "This is real. Things are getting really real." Um, Tyler, have you been toe bumped? Oh yeah, absolutely. Or bowed at? (laughs) I mean, my thing is that last week I was on a cruise, and so um, I had not been, uh, you know, heel tapped or elbow bumped or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> until the day before this cruise and it was very clear that all of the uh staff people on board were expected to exercise you know absolutely no handshaking and just exemplify all of the cdc recommendations which were wash your hands a bunch and don't touch your face and certainly don't shake hands so um that became a part of my life. And you know what? It, I, I got to say, I, I got pretty used to it. I, I, I kind of adapted <laughs> You're quickly. Bumper. You're an elbow bumper. Well, yeah. I yeah. All right. I hate There's to admit it. <laughs> when you're on the boat, it's, it feels better. <laughs> Don't rock the boat. Yeah, Just that's with right. The elbow. Yeah. That's right. The captain's right. orders, you know, you got to follow them. Right. turns me about the elbow bumping is that you're directed to sneeze and cough directly in your elbow. <laughs> and then you go fling that thing around at other people. 
right. That's right. Well, you're technically supposed to cough in your cough pocket, and then you bump <laughs> with the outside of your elbow. I don't know what you guys are doing in your states, but anyways, so we had that two weeks ago, and then I feel like last week was more of this like, whoa, what's going on here? We're starting to get some stories coming in, um, messaging toolkits are going out, and then this week is when things just went crazy. Um, on, I think, Monday, all restaurants in the state of Oregon were required to close, um, so many of them are able to, til- to still do takeout or carry out options, but um, obviously all frontline staff were laid off. Uh, McMinimins, which is a really popular sort of local restaurant chain in Oregon, laid off over 3,000 employees. We've seen thousands of unemployment just in the northern part of the Oregon coast. Um, groups of 25 can't get together, and school is out until April 28th. Um, so it has been a big shock and a big hit around here. Tourism is one of the biggest economies in Oregon. It's one of the biggest industries. Um, so we're just trying to figure out like what's going on, who should be doing what, where the re- there seems to be a lot of resources, but people aren't sure to how to navigate them. Um, so it has been wild on a kind of a more of an up notes here. Um, up in Tillamook County, they like their chamber and then the local organization that does their destination marketing and some tourism management. Um, they actually got together and did like this takeout campaign. They've created this Facebook group. There's like thousands of people in it already. It has listings of all the restaurants that are open, just sort of these like, um, these menus that have been like, they're more like takeout menus with like cheaper options, hours, and there's campaigns like if you post a picture of yourself, you're into a sweepstakes, then you can win an award. So there's been some positive stuff coming out of this, I think. I think so too, Erica. Um, the other thing that I've noticed is quite a few of my friends have uh, like t- gone to. Uh, left the city and gone to country kind of places and taken out Airbnbs and are um, taking part in the economy in that way. But, you know, I have to imagine that we're just in for a major, a major shift here. And so Erica, have you been out and like driven around the city at all? And I mean, what's the Um, vibe like, what's the vibe like in your town? Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of the weird thing on the Oregon coast. We really don't have any cities. Like we are all pretty small towns. It's all really rural. Um, but I live just north of Pacific City, which has a population of about a thousand during the winter. And if you were to go down in the parking lot right now, um, which is right next to the beach, has a stellar view, it's absolutely packed with people. Like people are having the time of their lives on spring break is kind of what it seems um, because it is spring break for a lot of these for a lot of the schools, both in Oregon but also in our neighboring states. Um, and just like you mentioned, I think people still feel confident and safe doing some vacation rental options. There's still takeout options. Um, so yeah. the vibe, it almost seems like fest. I mean, it's so beautiful here today. You know, blue sky, seagulls flying over. Oh. That it's just hard to believe that anything kind of dire is happening. It, think, it's um, it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, I, I'm I uh, live here in Austin, right underneath the flight path going into the airport and i'm shocked at uh there's though there's way fewer airplanes flying overhead these days there still are quite a few and i'm like every like to think that that type of 
travel is still happening. And basically, you know, if I understand this correctly, and I actually, <laughs> I'm coming from to, uh, to this happy hour from a previous happy hour, and I got some intel on <laughs> the accuracy of these tests um, from someone who's working on this. Uh, and, you know, there's th these tests don't aren't 100% accurate. So um, even if we were to like have an unlimited supply of tests right now, we would have a problem. Um, and of course we don't have that. And we're just, we're just heading in for, <laughs> for a bumpy ride here. Uh, no kidding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think too, in a lot of these rural towns, a big concern that's coming up is, okay, so right now there's no, there's 88 cases in Oregon. There's been three deaths, but none of those have been on the Oregon coast. So a lot of people are escaping sort of like the hotspot areas like Portland's or maybe Eugene, they're coming to the coast, but on the coast, we are rural, so we don't have big hospitals. We don't have right. a lot of doctors. So if it were to start spreading, like we don't have the resources. You're not equipped. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that that's a really great update, Erica, and thank you. And obviously, uh, as we as a national coastal community come into the COVID era and kind of begin to understand how this is affecting our economies, our health systems, etc. We will need to hear about that. Uh, obviously, so many towns across the American shoreline are tourism, you know, the beach tourism economy. And um, this just wiped out about everybody, you know. Um, so this will be a, a, a really interesting time. We're going to need to keep an eye on it. I'm sure that um, our governments will act and try to uh, help. You know, it, it seems like we'll be able to bounce back a little bit, but uh, time will tell and see how, how the economic impacts of this go. But we do not want to keep this, make this happy hour a downer. That is for darn sure. <laughs> A downer hour? No, it's not a downer hour. This is a happy hour here on the American Shoreline uh, Podcast Network. It's the American Shoreline Happy Hour, you know? Um, anyway, the American Shoreline Podcast Network and CoastalNewsToday.com are brought to you by LJA Engineering with 28 offices along the Gulf Coast. The folks at LJA Engineering are at the top of the craft in the areas of coastal restoration, coastal infrastructure, rivers and channels, numeric modeling, disaster recovery, and design and construction oversight. And now they have a brand new coastal resiliency department headed up by our very own Peter Ravella. Check them out at lja.com. We are also brought to you by Coastal Transplants. Coastal Transplants prides itself on offering specific environmental and horticultural expertise with practical first-hand knowledge of all aspects of coastal revegetation projects. Their high-quality native and wetland plants, extensive agricultural and horticultural experience, along with their skilled and respectful crews, make Coastal Transplants your one-stop solution for restoring coastal ecology of your barrier island community. Learn more at CoastalTransplants.com. And we are brought to you by the Dune Science Group. Did you know that fiberglass is one of the strongest and most durable building materials in the world? That it is resistant to deterioration caused by UV light and salt water? Well, the Dune Science Group does. They offer a full slate of solutions for dune walkovers and boardwalks that are made of fiberglass and built to last. They can handle your dune walkover project from beginning to end, including permitting, design, and construction of the strongest and most durable dune walkover on the market. 
Learn more at the dunesciencegroup.com. Jenna, you have an update for us, and I am looking forward to it. What do you got? Yeah, so I think that it's safe to assume that everyone listening's minds have been pretty fully saturated by the constant exposure to breaking and heartbreaking coronavirus news and hopefully not constant or any exposure to the virus itself. So in difficult and confusing times like these, I tend to find solace in my home state of Maine, which probably comes as no surprise to those of you that tune into my show that I tend to find any and all ways to weave Maine's majesty throughout what I do. the majesty unbelievable the majesty of it all and today is no different so buckle up (laughs) 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 not to commandeer this thing but i propose turning this happy hour into a birthday party because this week on march 15th the great state of maine turned 200 200 candles for maine that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a lot of yeah, candles. Stay away from the forest. <laughs> Smokey the bear is not approved. <laughs> uh, and I might add, the state is still looking just as chiseled and glacially carved as ever. Mm. Yeah. Got that bod. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, to celebrate, I'd like to share some interesting facts about the state with you all, if that's cool with you. Please do. Yeah, I, I hope someday that somebody shares facts about me, like, on my birthday. I think that should be a new tradition. Like, before you sing happy birthday to someone, you say, like, a bunch of very interesting facts. That way you know they're worth singing to. So let's hear it. I think I would rather have that on my birthday than just sitting there while people sang at me anyway. <laughs> me too. So, yeah. First off, because a lot of us are isolating in quarantine right now, just know that you're not alone. Maine is the only state that shares its border with only one other state. And Maine is the only state whose name has one syllable. So one may be the loneliest number, except for when you're in a global pandemic and isolating. Or you're the state of Maine. (laughs) Unbelievable. And just like much of the future is uncertain, so is the true meaning of Maine's name. So as far as we know, the origin of it is unclear and first appeared in writing in 1622. But some believe it is named after a a French province of the same name. However, the most popular theory is that it came from nautical terms, actually, um, and was used by sailors to distinguish the mainland from islands off of its coast, which is actually something I didn't know and a really interesting tie into the whole like maritime culture of the state, even though we haven't fully come up with a reason for the name that we all decide upon yet and agree upon. <laughs> I, I feel like that. it makes sense. Like you're fishing and you're like, Oh, where are you going today? You're like, ah, oh, I'm just going to go to the main part, you know? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just, you know, over to Maine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then also with all of this time that we're spending inside, I know that I've been keeping busy 
trying out new recipes and experimenting in the kitchen. I don't know if you guys like to cook. Tyler, I know that you are oh, quite yeah. a baker. Um, so for all of you foodies out there, you might be interested in knowing that roughly 100 million pounds of lobster is caught off the coast of Maine each year, which accounts for nearly 90% of the entire country's supply of lobster. Wow. Um, so when you're sitting down and enjoying your fancy meal, just you know, give a little shout out to the state of Maine for that. <laughs> Maine is also the largest producer of wild blueberries in the world. <laughs> and it's important to note that when I say wild, I mean low bush or naturally growing blueberries. And I make this connection not to sound more nerdy than I normally do at all times, but I make this uh, distinction because there might be people in Michigan listening to this right now that are ready to fight me because Michigan leads in production of cultivated or high bush blueberries. So, um, you know, people in Michigan just calm down. Simmer down up there. You know, we do love our, our Great Lakes shoreline. And we'd love to have, we're going to have a Great Lakes uh, representative on the happy hour soon. So don't you worry. Don't you worry, Great Lakes. I'm glad. Glad that you anticipated that. Glad that you anticipated that, like, oncoming fight. Like, you were ready for it. Throw some water on it now. This is a peaceful happy hour. We're not here to make enemies, but friends. Yeah. I love Michigan. I'm not trying to fight with anyone. A pat on the back. Yeah. So then to round out the food facts, I figured we'd end with some dessert. And... Donuts as we know them today, with the holes in the middle, were actually invented in Maine in 1847. So I recently learned that the first donuts in America actually didn't have holes in them, which is a weird visual to me. Um, But these holeless donuts were introduced by the Dutch, who fried dough in hot oil, but they often cooked unevenly, and the centers usually kind of remained raw. And this apparently plagued donut makers all over the world until what a plague I know. <laughs> this is this is a more fun plague to have. <laughs> um so donut makers of the world apparently had had raw centers of their donuts until captain hansen gregory of rockport maine developed this technique of punching a center in the hole of them And he did this while, at the same time, he was a 16-year-old crewman on a lime-trading schooner. So I, 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 when I was looking through all of these facts and just thinking about how amazing Maine was, I was like, literally everything I'm finding is also just connected to the ocean. So this is such a good fit for this show. (laughs) That is such a crazy visual. Like, I just see him, like, being on the front of the boat. And they're like, hey, do you want a donut? He's like, I don't really like the main part of it. (laughs) He just punches out the middle. They're like, where are you headed? To the main main part of the land. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) He created, like, an atoll you know of a of a pastry yeah yeah uh, so last to talk you guys off with this final fact because it's my favorite about Maine um Maine has 3,478 miles of coastline which is more than California sorry to tell you that Tyler you might have already known that um which California I think, I think you've told me that before Jenna yeah, <laughs> probably <laughs> I love this fact because Uh looking at it on a map, it wouldn't appear to be that way. Um, So 
And if you were to include all of the islands, Maine has more than 4,600 islands. And the mm. coastline spans over 5,000 miles, which is third in coastline only to Florida and Louisiana. Um, and I just think that's so fascinating to think about just the sheer vastness of the coastline that Maine has. Um, but that's all I have in terms of facts for now. <laughs> But because I'm sure I will find more reasons to talk about Maine every time. I every damn time. But we love it, Jenna. And we love Maine. Don't you worry, yeah. you maniacs. The, we love you. It's and it's got. happy birthday to yeah, everyone in Maine. Maine. I hope that these facts prove to be a nice mental break for everybody and inspire you to visit if you haven't yet or return if you have or at least help you win some trivia points someday at your local bar. That's right. Well, uh, thank you for that, Jenna. And uh, I think we should all raise our glass to uh, wish the state of Maine a very happy birthday, 200 years old. That's pretty awesome. Um, You know, I just want to close this thing out with a note that uh, we're all kind of in quarantine around the country. And... We're trying to have a good time with it. It's obviously distressing to know that this global pandemic is uh, out there and is causing harm to people and communities. But we also know that the coastal and ocean communities and conversations aren't stopping. You know, the tides continue to come in and out and uh, the sea levels continue to rise and uh, the coastal management issues of you know, three weeks ago, a year ago, are still top of mind for many of us. So ASPN is remaining active, and we raise a glass to all of our listeners anywhere around the American shoreline and around the world. Uh, Hunker down during this time, but uh, tune in. We're going to continue to produce content. We're going to keep this conversation going. And hopefully when we all emerge from the other side, we will be stronger and we will have come up with some cool stuff, some cool ideas. Maybe this, uh, maybe this moment is an opportunity for us to change our perspectives a little bit. So I will leave with that a toast to, uh, to, the, to the times. And thank you both Jenna Valente and Erica Sears for joining me today. Cheers. Cheers.